boys um i have a question do you guys look at menus when you go out to eat at a restaurant like before you go out to eat like do you look up the menu what is going out to eat <laughs> i'm not familiar with what you're talking about here it's this thing that like where you used to like go to a place sit in like a booth maybe some chairs and like you know you would have dinner and you would like overpay for alcohol and food wow yeah sounds lovely can't wait to <laughs> yeah. do that again uh, or ever um i'd say yeah only if it's a place i've never been to before but if it's something somewhere i've been i like to you know i like to keep the the spontaneity there with what's it going to be tonight what am, what am i going to be feeling i don't know let's wait till we sit down have a beverage and and figure that out but yeah if it's somewhere i've never been before a thousand percent check it out the menu yeah, I think it's um for me it's partly that and also partly uh dependent upon the theme of the restaurant. Like if the re- if I'm going to like a, an Italian place or like if, they, if it's Mexican, like I know what I'm getting into. I don't have to look at the menu ahead of time. Uh, but if I'm going to a place that is maybe like a little more broad or not uh as obvious as what their food would be or a food I haven't tried very much before then i would probably dive in see i'm in see that's interesting to me because i saw somebody like it was a tweet that like went viral a bunch of people giving their opinions on that and i never look at the menu ahead of time ever never i'm always just like whatever because it's more like if i'm if it's something that like um because there's like peruvian food is like huge here right and if it's and that's like something i don't know much about but if I go to one of those places or like um, there's like Korean barbecue, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm looking at on the menu anyways. So I might as well just freaking go for it. You're like, we're going to Applebee's and get the riblets. I don't need to check out the menu. That's already been decided. That's happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's a little bit of a gamble with that. But, you know, I mean, have you ever done that and regretted it? Have you ever gone and be like, you know what? I should have checked out the menu. Maybe I would have ordered something else or not come here see that yes i've regretted it but not in the situations where it's like food that i don't normally eat it's like usually when i go to a place they're like oh okay that seems cool but then it's like some weird like farmhouse fusion cuisine where they have things that like like what like what is free-range chicken i like <laughs> and i remember like googling what is free-range chicken one time when i was out i was like is it just like because it had all these other words in it and like all these things i feel like when you go to these like these certain places, they have all these like different like aiolis and all this shit. Ooh, and you're yeah. just like, what, what is that? What is this? I feel <laughs> yeah. like those are the times that I regret it is when I go to places where I think it's safe. And then it's like, no, this wasn't safe at all. The ones that make me mad are where the item name isn't super obvious or it's in a different language or some sort of hybrid. Right. And mm-hmm. it's like, you, you, it's not super obvious from the title, but then in the description, it tells you, like everything else about like the dish, except the main part of the dish. Like, I don't know if this is chicken. I'm just trying to figure that out. I don't need to know how you made the remoulade or, or, or whatever. And all these side dishes and the herbs used, like, tell me what this is. And then we can get to the details. It's a cultural experience. Do your homework folks. <laughs> yeah. I don't know really, really know where I was going with that one, but you know what? It's the brunch breakdown. I'm Dee Dee out here in California with no voice, but more on that here in a couple seconds. <laughs> Dan and Chris are in Pittsburgh. And today on the show, we have another, uh, I don't know, did we ever give this thing a title? 
where we watch the movie for the first time. We we need a shorter version because like famous movies that we've never watched just doesn't have a good ring to it. But that's basically what it is. Yeah, it's like movies you've seen, but we haven't. Right. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I like that. Movies you've seen that we haven't. Well, Goodfellas is on the menu today. (laughs) We all watch Goodfellas for the first time. So we're going to be talking about that. And also Legends of the Hidden Temple is coming back for adults and uh there is a really cool alcoholic beverage that now has freeze pops we'll talk about that in brunch court but boys let's get started how we always get started bruise day let's do it all right um i am happy to no longer be in the low calorie beer club oh it's over okay i thought this was gonna go on till like all summer long i'm happy it's not no 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 (laughs) No, no, no. Um, so I, uh, I am happy to feature another beer uh, that good friend of the program, uh, Ryan Johnson, sent to me because he felt so bad for me that I was only drinking low-calorie beers. Uh, this one is from Saucy Brew Works in mm. Cleveland. Uh, and our good friend Ryan is a big baseball fan. This one is called Stealing Signs. And I've already had a sip of it. Um, and I, I will tell you, it is pretty dry. It's more on the bitter end of IPAs. And for me, that's perfect because I like my IPAs. One, bitter or two, citrusy. Either way you go, I'm pretty, mm. I'm pretty big fan of those two. So a pretty bitter. Hey, and I am a bitter baseball fan, so it works out well. I'm from <laughs> Pittsburgh. It's freaking baseball. This is the best thing about baseball season for me right now. Stealing signs, <laughs> saucy brew works. Happy Brews Day. That is a great can. It's like, pretty cool design, right? That is. I like that I can. Like that. That's good stuff. I like that. Well, boys, for Brews Day for me, if you can't tell by my voice, uh, it is <laughs> tea. I've got tea in one of my favorite mugs that's now like faded. It kind of makes me sad. But anyways, yeah, it's tea for me. I'm boring. Dan, what are you sipping on this week? Wow. Well, well we hope we can... We hope you can welcome, welcome you back to the Bruce Day table next week. I, yeah. I know you're not thrilled having tea, no. uh, but we'll do our best here. What I've got is one of my favorite beers of all time. So I'm glad I, I you know, I brought the hammer this time. <laughs> all right. I didn't know you were bringing tea, so I brought the hammer anyways, just to be safe. Um, a brewery that I haven't featured on here in quite some time. Uh, but this one's been in the back of the fridge because these are special. And it just felt like it was a special week, special day, special need for this beer. Grist House Brewery, um, probably my favorite brewery in Western Pennsylvania. Probably number one for me. If it's not number one, it's number two. This is the Big Sippa, an amazing can. And this is a, and if you're reading that on our uh, video, yes, this is a sour IPA, a sour IPA. And it's brewed with strawberries, raspberries, vanilla, and you got some cocoa in here, those cacao nibs as well. So it's a absolutely wild combination, how this all comes together in one of my favorite beers that I've ever had one of their best period. Uh, It is sour, but it's fruity. It's balanced. It's just freaking delicious. You, you, you taste all those flavors. You never want this beer to end the big Sippa from grist house. I am telling you one of my favorites, like I said, of all time, this is 
freaking delicious. So cheers with the big sip of here. Sour IPA, best of both worlds. It is best of both worlds. You got it all. You got it all right here. Dude, big sippa, S-I-P-A on the can. That is, that's cool, man. Right? I like that. And the, it's really well the design done. with like the stars. Just the constellation connected. of the uh, the can there with it like all. It. Yeah. Absolutely love this beer. It's super excited. They, they've they been shut down since March of last year. A, a lot of other breweries in, in Pennsylvania have found ways to open with restrictions and whatnot. This brewery closed the whole time, finally announced reopening in June. They've got a bigger space. They took the time to do construction. It's an amazing summer brewery for Western Pennsylvanians because it's mostly outdoor, amazing outdoor space. So very excited to get back to Grist House. Shouts to them. Welcoming back with the Big Sippa. That is, uh, I'm jealous. I want a beer so bad, but that would be worse from my throat than doing a podcast. That would not be right good. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, let's get things off uh, our chests. Random topics. If you guys never listened to the brunch breakdown before, this is where we get random topics off our chest. And I don't know what they're going to talk about. They don't know what I'm going to talk about. But today you might have an idea. So I'm going to get started <laughs> uh, and get this off my throat. Uh, part two. I hate daycare parents. I really do. I hate them all. I can't stand them. I don't know who you are out there who just keeps bringing awful things into my home. But uh, now I have no voice and I'm sick as hell. Wasn't all weekend. Wasn't until Monday. My throat started getting scratchy and then I had no voice yesterday. And then today, this is what you get. This is what you get. And I'm doing this as a PSA for all the people out there sending their kids to daycare with colds. Don't do it. You'll sound like me. Or maybe you don't even care. Maybe you're so trash. This is how you want to sound. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, man. It's funny because last week you talked about how your your daughter was in there for two days and then she was sick. Yeah. And the day after we recorded last week, uh, we took my daughter back into daycare. She had been sick. She got sick from daycare. And uh, they said, it's good that you're doing it that you have her in daycare so young because she'll get all this out of her system early. And she, when they're like, when they're younger, they don't really realize how crappy they feel, you know, like that. So like for your daughter and for, for who's, who's two and, and for parents, when you get sick, you feel it, you know it, and it's awful. But like for very little kids, they're sick, but they're still kind of happy. They don't really know what's going on. So um, yeah, the parents, parents, because of that should know better because you're, you're the ones that are actually going to suffer the most. It's just, a, it's like a weird transition period, like six months to a year is what everybody says. Like, you're going to be as sick as you've ever been for six months to a year. And then you will have, I guess, built up immunity. <laughs> Super excited. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, I'm six months into it, man. So I'm, we're in this together. We're in this together. Uh, Dan, get it off your chest. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. I will. Um, so we haven't had a wedding update in a while and we are approaching 52 weeks, 365 days out from that special day next year for me and my fiance. So we've had, you know, a lot of time to plan and have a lot of the stuff done. But now that we're hitting that 12 month window, 
start to get down to business a little bit more, take care of some of the stuff we need to. And that includes an engagement photo shoot, which we were finally able to do yesterday after the second rescheduling of that photo shoot, which was supposed to take place about two weeks ago. So it went super well. We really, really lucked out with the weather. The weather in Pittsburgh has been an absolute crapshoot as of late. And you could never tell what season you're going to wake up to and what's it, what's it, what it's going to finish with. So we had very, very lucky, all things considered, with the weather. But I know you two have been through this already. So this is for those listeners out there that haven't been there, that will be at this point regarding this very important photo shoot prior to your wedding. Just a couple of pointers, just a couple of things that I learned yesterday regarding this type of photo shoot. So suggestion number one is be diligent when picking a photographer. Their style and their personality actually matters. We picked a our photographer we met for the first time yesterday. She's wonderful, great personality, got along with her really, really well. And that made this thing much more enjoyable instead of like being taking your senior photos in high school, doing these awkward poses and just being told what to do by this 50, 60 year old man or woman or whatever that's been doing this forever. So be picky. You should absolutely be picky. Keep that in mind. Go through the shots, see what you like. That's just pretend that's you and get to know your photographer that way a little bit. So that mattered and that benefited us uh, quite a bit. Another thing is scout your locations out is what we did. We had two locations that we took photos we scouted both of them out, kind of see if there were certain spots, angles, poses that we wanted to do. So those were ready to go in advance. We knew we liked them that much that we wanted to replicate them. Uh, but you also let your let, let your photographer kind of be creative in the director during the whole thing, right? You can't just say, here's what we want to do. Maybe have a couple in mind and then let them do their thing, let them do their work. Uh, next pointer is give your photographer some background on your interests, uh, or and use props that represent who you are, how you met, whatever. Naturally, we're huge craft beer people, uh, my fiance and I, Shannon and I. So you better bet you ass that we had some craft beer photos, uh, <laughs> craft beer involved in some of our photos, which I'm very excited to see how those turn out. So try to make it unique, make it, make it you, make it personal uh, to you. Uh, the next uh, word of advice that I have is, this is for the females or guys offer this to your fiancés. Um, get that ring cleaned. Get that ring cleaned the day before. Shannon's been walking around with that wet ring on since August. And it may not like appear dirty, but then when you go and get it professionally cleaned, whole new world, whole new shine. So just do that in preparation day before, day of, because you better believe that ring got some close-up action in those photos yesterday as well. So Make it look, making it look nice uh, with that. And the last thing that I'll keep short because uh, I don't really want to care to explain, you guys will probably know what I'm talking about. Anybody that's been down this road probably does. Learn how to kiss with your teeth, okay? Just learn how to kiss with your teeth. You'll thank me later. You'll understand when you see what that looks like. But again, what wonderful, very exciting. We're getting into the 12-month period. Starts to ramp things back up. And that was a, it was a great photo shoot yesterday. We were very happy. You're both, you're both confused <laughs> for those, for those just listening. I got two confused looks on my co-host's faces. Items one through four. Uh, I was totally on. I have never heard kiss with your teeth. What does that mean? I just have to show it to you. It's, it's, <laughs> you, <can kiss> me. 
You can do it right now. Okay, get close up to the camera, Dan. Let's go. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it's, you know, posing to kiss each other, but the when they're trying to capture the photo, they're capturing that moment right before. So it's not necessarily the act of kissing, but it's when you're about to. And so you're smiling and your mouth is kind of kind of open, but you're you're within that inch there. Have you seen that movie Hitch? It's like you come 90, I come 10. It's that <laughs> 10 right there, right before you go, and you smile, and it's like like you're kissing with your teeth. You're not actually touching, but you're you're right there, and it captures a, a wonderful moment. It does. It it works out well. It's it's weird, but you know, makes for a good photo. Interesting. Interesting. Everything else you said was dead on though. Dead on. <laughs> the kissing also, with the teeth thing still weird. Yeah. Still also. Weird. Chris, I, we, I I almost forgot to do this again. Major shouts. Oh, thank you. <laughs> one of our most favorite and loyal podcast listeners, Diane. Thank you, Diane, for, for supplying Chris and I with these wonderful custom brunch breakdown uh, canisters here. We even got the, the metal straw saving the environment. I love it. So I wanted to give her a special shout out and a thank you. Didi, you showed us yours a couple of weeks ago and now. All three hosts, we got them, we're rocking them, we love them. So thank you, Diane. Nice. I, I kid you not. I, I have had this mug right in front of me for the last three episodes, and I have forgotten <laughs> to mention that every single time. So thank you, Dan. Thank yeah, you. I almost forgot again. I had to jump in there while we wrapped up the, the chest, my chest segment there. So thank you. Nice. Yeah, I keep forgetting to tell you guys to, <laughs> to bring them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, shouts to Diane, um, uh, my mother-in-law, by the way, (laughs) big listener, big listener, big listener, Chris, get it off your chest. All right. I have two things. The first one is very short. Um, gentlemen, this is episode 52 of the comeback, which means this is a full year of podcasting. Okay. Wow. Look at that. You're right. This is when we started. Yeah. We started in quarantine. Still going. <laughs> one circle around the sun. Here we are. And I just want to say this has been one of the few highlights of the last calendar year has been doing this podcast. So thank you both. This start restarted out of absolutely nowhere, uh, but it's come shouts on to, strong. It's shouts to Eminem strong. and shouts to VH1, right? Eminem yeah. and VH1. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> without the movie Eight are. Mile, this would have never happened. Um, I want to dive into those. So yeah, said, you know, we've been in the pandemic through all of this, uh, things are, are continuing to open back up, um, in, in Dan and, and my state, they announced that I think by the end of the month, there will be no restrictions on anything. And I know a lot of other places are going in the same direction. Um, and admittedly, that means we only have a couple more weeks to kind of make fun of and pick apart these rules that they're making up. So I'm, I'm going to take this last opportunity to do it. <laughs> they announced recently that indoor events are allowed to have 50% capacity. That is up from 25% capacity. I don't get the difference between 50% capacity at like a sporting event and hundred percent capacity at a sporting event. If we're looking at it as like, hey, you're supposed to be six feet away from other people. You're supposed to socially distance and wear a mask. If it's 50% capacity, that means on average, 
there's a person in every other seat. And if you've been in a seat at a sporting event, you know that it's like three feet wide max. So like, why isn't it hundred percent? That just bothers me. Just like let people and but they're like, well, it's going to be 50% on Monday. And then in two weeks, it's going to be a hundred percent. Right. Well, just let them do, let them go to a hundred percent. It bothers me because like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't see a big difference. Like a 20,000 seat arena at a certain point, you get enough people in there that there's not a big difference between 10,000 and 15,000 and 20,000. Um, and it just bothers me. It bothers me that we're 14, 15 months into this thing and the rules still don't make sense to me. I'm all for keeping people safe. Don't get me wrong. All for keeping people safe. But I'm also all for having a sellout crowd for home hockey games because the playoffs are about to start and I don't like this rule. So that's what I had to get off my chest this week. I just wanted to get angry about COVID rules one last time before I don't have the opportunity to do so anymore. Yeah, that's that's a great point, Chris, because it's almost like it is weird because for Pennsylvania, they announced May 31st, all restrictions except for masks are off. But then this week they're like, oh, well, uh, Monday we're going to do the 50% indoor capacity, 75 outdoor capacity for two weeks. And then, yeah, we're going to stay with the end of the month thing where everything's like, what are you doing? What do you, why, why are we doing this? Right. And I think you're right. I think it's almost, he's almost, the governor of Pennsylvania is almost like, I'm doing you a favor, Pittsburgh Penguins, that you can have some people. Because it's not like anybody that's had a, is having a wedding coming up over the next two weeks. It's not like you can all of a sudden be like, let's open up the guest book again. Let's get people in here. <laughs> let's get a bunch more food ordered. Like that's not happening, right? There's, it's really not doing any favors there. So just- it does seem weird that they're just like, oh, we forgot to take the middle step. We forgot one more right. step before we <laughs> open things up. Let's put it out there for two weeks and just make it look right. It's yeah. very weird. Yeah. No, the sporting event thing is stupid because like in Anaheim, they have different rules than LA. It's a 30 minute difference, right? <laughs> what the hell? 30 minute difference. So like the angels are allowed to have like, I forget, I don't know. Let's say a number 65%. And the Dodgers are allowed to have like 35% people in the stadium. It's a 30 minute difference. <laughs> the same people, if you like baseball, you're going to a game, one or the other. Right. So it just, I don't know. All these rules are just the, the stadium rules are like really dumb. And then I'm like, okay, like our, I think our restrictions go off like June 14th, which is basically when right around like the second round of the NBA playoffs are supposed to start. So I don't know. It yeah. all seems like they're just like, all right, let's get it. Let's, let's not miss the whole playoffs. Let's get there for the second <laughs> round. Look like good Americans. I'm like, just open it up and see what happens. Yeah. <sighs> it's almost over though, boys. It's almost over. We're almost. almost. There. Yeah. Almost. I like it. Almost. We're almost there. It just, it feels weird. It feels weird. I'm going to miss six feet distance everywhere though. I am going to miss that. Hey, not going to hey. lie. If you want to come to a sporting event where you get six feet distance, uh, I have pit season tickets. You can join us any game that you want to. There are seats available. The Pirates have all summer to play. That's, <laughs> yeah. The Pirates, by the way, are still offering at 25% because they know they increase that number. The number of fans doesn't change. So they're just making it look really good by, uh, now we're being real safe here. Yeah, okay, yeah. Pirates. They're going to choose the safe route. It's not because yeah. nobody would actually go. Yeah. That's like the best thing that's happened to the Pirates in years is that yeah. we're like, oh, 25%? We're good. Yeah. We're good. Man, they're sell they have a sellout streak going right now. It's amazing. <laughs>
Awesome. All right. Uh, well, boys, let's get into, um, should we do the main? Yeah, let's get into it right now. Goodfellas. We watched it for the very first time, uh, which is a surprise to many, but to us, we're like, whatever. We haven't seen it. So Goodfellas, uh, the 1990 classic. What did you guys think? First initial thoughts of Goodfellas. Oh, she violent. <laughs> she was a violent one. I mean, not that that was completely unexpected, but wowzers. That's uh, that was a movie, and now I understand why so many people are surprised. I've never now I also understand why it's never been on TV because <laughs> I was like, I get it, but like I have to go out of my way to find Goodfellas. It's not like it's on TV all the time. If it was on TV, I'd throw it on. That movie would be 15 minutes on television. So now <laughs> I understand why it's never on TV. Yeah, man, it went from zero to 100 pretty quick, huh? Like mm -hmm. everything was just kind of moving along and then cut to cut to one scene, Ray Liotta smashing some dude's face in with the back end of a pistol. And then from there, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't stop. Yeah. They didn't ease you into it. They didn't ease you into it at all. They no. were just like, we're going to go fast forward here real quick. And then we're going to tell you how we got here, but just so you can get used to what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that stood out to me in this movie, which I really, really enjoyed, I, I like this movie a lot, um, was how hard the punches look. Like, punches in movies don't look like that anymore. And I really mm -hmm. want to ask, like, some of these people who were, like, extras in this movie, like, did you really get hit by Joe Pesci? <laughs> because, like, they just, I don't know why, it just felt like every time somebody got, like, punched, specifically, or pistol whipped, which they did a lot of, like, it just felt like they actually did it. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know why that doesn't look like that in movies now. Like, cause Jesus, that shit hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it did. It looked very real, very intense. And uh, one other thing that stuck out to me immediately was we're starting off the movie with narration from Ray Liotta. And I thought it was maybe just starting to, uh, to set things up. Uh, explain things a little easier and then it would go away. It turns out that was throughout the whole movie. And we don't really see that anymore in movies. And like, I appreciate it because I feel like you can enjoy the movie a little more and a little quicker when you're at least being told some things. Not that I'm saying dumb it down for me, but yeah, tell me who this is. Tell me wh when it is. Tell me this instead of movies nowadays where you have to figure all this stuff out on your own, it's all artistic and all that stuff. And it's fine, but sometimes it takes me half the movie to just be like four. I can start like enjoying things. It's like, okay, now I finally figured out where we are for the first hour. Let's enjoy the next hour. But from the, from the get go here, I was like, all right, this is a long movie. So now I don't have to spend half of it trying to figure things out. I'm being told it's being narrated. So that was pretty, you, you know, unique and is an old style thing that we really don't get anymore that I thought was actually good in this instance. Uh, yeah. It almost makes you wonder, like, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Um, and if they didn't have the narration to set the scene at the beginning of the movie, it would have been like an <laughs> hour longer because like, yeah. I thought that was so cool how he like talked through himself as a kid and how he thought you know that uh, that scene of like the mob was so cool and he wanted to be part of it and got into it 
they gave us a cliff notes version without that, that would have, that would have taken an hour. Yeah, it would have. And it's like, you got inside the head of the character instead of like trying to have to read his face and be like, Oh, he doesn't like that. He's uncomfortable. Yeah. Ray Liotta is telling you as he feels, especially as, like you said, with the younger uh, earlier on portion of the movie where he's these younger character showing and you're able to like get all that and feed all that information. Yeah. Like we would have had to meet his parents because we never really did that. He talked, he said what his parents said, you know what I mean? Right. Felt how his parents felt. So like we never had to get that. And that was kind of nice. Cause like, I don't need to know his parents. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I get it. They didn't like it. Cool. But like, we just, I, I loved, I love the narration. It honestly makes this movie like move very, very well. And even better than other movies like it because of the narration. Yeah. It never felt long. Like it was a long movie, but to me, it never felt like, I never had that moment where I needed to, I felt like compelled to check the timer on the movie to see how much time was left. I, I was pretty sucked into it the entire time. Yeah. Like I felt like I was more looking at the watch during Die Hard, which was two hours and this was <laughs> two and a half. And I didn't feel quite as uh, of a need to do that because it, yeah, it kept you interested. It kept moving and kind of speaking on that narration thing a, a little bit more that that was also extremely helpful because we're in this movie where you're being introduced to like 50 characters and they all have like the same Italian name. <laughs> Even that one scene where it's like, Oh yeah, all his son's name Polly and all his daughter's name Margie or whatever. <laughs> and, but like when he's first introducing everybody, uh, you know, it's like, do I have to remember all these people's names? But then you heard them, the ones you needed to know were, repeated uh, through either the narration or the actual plot of the movie itself. And that kind of helped progress things and understand who everybody is. Cause some of the faces are famous and you can recognize them based on that, but others weren't so much. So I thought that helped a lot in that way too. Yeah. There was that scene where he was walking through or there, the camera was like panning through that bar that they ended up torching and they kept on saying like the nicknames of all those dudes, like yeah, Bobby Bumps exactly. and like Joey yeah. Longlegs and like, all yeah. that. I'm like, who, who are these people? But then like you end up at the table and they interact with each other and you understand the dynamic of the people. It doesn't really matter what their names are, but there's so right. many dudes in this right. movie. <laughs> I feel like every one of my Italian friends who's had kids has a kid named Luke. Every single one of them. <laughs> so when he was doing that, when they were going through that scene, like talking about how everybody names their kid this, names their kid that, it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty dead on. That's that's pretty dead on. Right. A lot of friends named Anthony that I grew up with. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> well, there's all right. So there's this quote at the very beginning. He talked about his dad saying American kids were spoiled and lazy. And right. this is 1970, I think it was. Does that sound familiar to anyone out there? <laughs> Every generation does this. Oh, yeah. It does not matter yeah. what generation you were from, whether it's Gen Z, who they're saying that about now, millennials, who they were saying about that. Basically, we're ripping Gen Z, Gen X rips millennials. It all goes on. Baby boomers say this. And whatever generation Ray Liotta's dad was from, he was saying American kids are spoiled and lazy. So yeah. like... When you say these things, know how dumb you sound because yeah. they've been saying them to enough to the generation below them forever and ever. Yes. And I just made me laugh at the beginning of the movie. That's a great one. And this is kind of a tangent, but like, I, I don't know if you guys listen to Gary Vaynerchuk at all, 
Um, I, I love that dude. And, and he says, he's always asked in interviews, like, what do you think about like how social media is changing our habits and our behavior and our mindset? And he's like, people are on social media looking for attention and looking for people's other people's attention and their own, you know, feedback. And he's like, we were doing that before all this in things called conversations. He's like, it doesn't, it, human behavior is the same. We're just doing it in different places. So yeah, that's funny. You, 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 that, that, that quote stuck out to you. That's interesting. Oh my gosh. Uh, did any quotes or anything like that you saw or that you heard before from Goodfellas that made you be like, Oh, that's why people say that. I saw where we got the Ray Liotta meme though, that uh, gif or meme that goes around of him, like literally cracking up, like as, as <laughs> the funniest thing anybody's ever heard in his life, that face that he makes. I was like, Oh, there it is. That's where he's just like, eh! <laughs> look at the table. I'm like, there we go. Now I know that meme that Gifford from. Somebody shared that. I literally saw that today before we, we were recording. <laughs> and I was like, I'm part of the group now. I understand it. That's a great one. Um, I don't know about a quote, but there was the uh, the scene. It's like when the LaFonza heist is going on and then Ray Liotta's in the uh, shower screaming and like smacking the wall. That is one that like I had seen clips of in other places um, and didn't really understand the connection. And now I feel cool to know what the hell that, that was all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was that, there was that other one where they were playing. This is a complete spoiler. If nobody's seen this movie, you go see this before. <laughs> no, we don't yeah. There's so. no join us. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. We're going to, but the scene where they're playing poker and uh, Joe Pesci ends up, shooting the guy but he was like questioning him and he was or no i can't know was that was it then or was it when we get first introduced to that character in ray Liotta's character he's just sitting down with him he's like laughing at him because he's telling this story and he's like oh do i make you laugh and i feel like that's i can like never pinpoint what movie that's from i feel like it's all those characters have said that line in like a bunch of movies but like now i know okay there it was in goodfellas like oh what am i funny to you what do i make you laugh that was, I was, it was good to capture that funny, original moment. Funny guy. Like funny. How, like tell yeah, me how I'm funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, like that scene is amazing. And yeah. I think all of them have said that in different movies. Right. <laughs> as like a callback to Goodfellas. And like, I just missed the joke. I'm like, right. Why'd they do that? Right. That's weird. But yeah, that, um, cigarettes. I really want to talk about cigarettes. <laughs> they smoke so much. Cigarettes are like extinct now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they smoke literally every single place they go. And I know this isn't like some, I mean, everyone knows that. It's just that like, it's so weird seeing so many people smoke. Like, yeah, just everywhere. Yeah. Imagine I, like wild. Imagine like our kids watching Goodfellas and seeing that many people <laughs> smoking cigarettes. That's going to be a complete, it's going to blow their minds. Right. They're going to be like, what are those? What's everybody doing? Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre to think like, I mean, I guess our parents grew up in a time like throughout the eighties, like people were smoking at work, like in the office. You could smoke on an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I legitimately can't even like fathom smoking on an airplane. Like no way of all no places. Way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Dude, Joe Pesci. All right, here's a fun fact for Goodfellas. Joe Pesci was in Goodfellas in September of 1990. Do you know what other movie he was in in 1990? It wasn't Home Alone, was it? It wasn't Home Alone, was it? Was it, it really? Was. He was in both those movies two months apart. What? September of 1990, Goodfellas came out. November of 1990, Home Alone came out. Okay, Joe Pesci, well, maybe uh, one of the best actors of our time. The uh, range. Yeah. I am. I am so happy that I saw Home Alone 72 times before I saw Goodfellas. <laughs> oh, I know, dude. I know. Because I hate Joe Pesci after seeing Goodfellas. Like, <laughs> it made me on so many levels angry uh, at his character. You're not supposed to like his character, right? Like, even when his character is introduced as the child version of his character, like, he's a dick. And he's just a dick throughout the entire movie. Um, and he's obviously not a good guy in Home Alone, but like the wet bandits are kind of lovable idiots in their own way, you know? Mm. So it, you don't mind them coming back in Home Alone 2 when they're in New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? You right. want to see them again because they're part of the story and you love the story. I hated Joe Pesci in this movie. <laughs> absolutely hated him i didn't like that he was like such a squirrely scrawny little dude but he like wielded so much power and i was very happy when he got whacked at the end of the movie i didn't see that coming honestly that was that was stunning that was because he had like just gotten made isn't that what they call it yeah yeah um that's crazy that it was two months apart that was the same year i would have never ever guessed that in a million years but the man, the myth, the legend. I mean, he can do it all. That's and you're right, Chris. If I, we would have seen Goodfellas first, or even just a couple, you know, at, you watch from Home Alone a couple times, and then Goodfellas, I'd have been like, eh, I don't know what to feel here. But thankfully, yeah, 72 runs of Home Alone makes me forgive Joe Pesci for some of the things his character did, you know, in Goodfellas. <laughs> the, the, the acting dynamics of being in Goodfellas around straight up gangster characters. And then trying to rob a five-year-old like that's. <laughs> we need like a rated R version of Home Alone where he's just like that character, <laughs> but he's still got Marv. It's still Marv. <laughs> Marv would get whacked five minutes into that. Movie. Oh, easily, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder what it was like for adults who saw Goodfellas in theaters and then had to go see Home Alone <laughs> with their kids. Because like that's not a crazy thing. It's like Goodfellas right? is a super adult movie, and then Home Alone is a kid movie. Yeah, it's it's a, a good, family Christmas yeah. movie. They are yeah. so different. <laughs> was Joe Pesci in anything big before yeah. those two movies, or was he kind of like an unknown? I don't know. I just know in that time, like late '80s, early '90s, he was in a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. like My Cousin Vinny, all those movies that all right. people know Joe Pesci from all were like in that like time period. So yeah. I don't yeah. know if he was famous or something like earlier, but I don't know. Wild. <laughs> well, did you, did either of you know that going into this movie that Ray Liotta was like the main character? Because for me, based on the posters, he's just on the side, <laughs> right? He's just on the side and it's the other more recognizable stars like Joe Pesci that are there out in front on this poster. There's a couple of them. Um, I didn't realize we were going to be following him around the whole time. That was kind of surprising to me, or if it was going to be equal balanced or whatnot, but that was, that was news. That was news when I was watching this movie. 
Yeah, I thought De Niro was the main guy. Yeah, De Niro's in like the front of all the posters. Yeah, right. So. And he played a significant role, but that's not who we followed. You know, so I was I was surprised. Yeah, see, I thought we followed all of them like equally. I guess I thought I didn't know we were getting the the story of Harry Hill, Ray Liotta's character. I didn't know we were getting that the whole movie. I didn't know that it was about one guy. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Friggin, uh, what else do I have here? Oh, he says in this, he says at the beginning, like uh, something about being a gangster and then they stab someone. And I'm like, I'm not built to be a gangster. <laughs> Did you guys think about that? Like how, like yeah. if your life, like I was, cause you know, you're in this guy's life from like the time that he's super young, super old. And I'm just like, wow, I'm just not, I wasn't built for that. I'm happy I grew up in the right neighborhood in Wellsburg, West Virginia, <laughs> but like no one asked me to come, come work for the, the mafia family. No. Yeah. The, the running theme, the, the most prevalent theme for me throughout watching this entire movie was just that, like, I'm not cut out for that life, boys. I I was so anxious and stressed throughout the entire movie. Like so many of those scenes where like he goes back to the house with his wife and the dynamics of, okay, he's with his wife, but he's also cheating on his wife. And there's also probably tens to hundreds of dudes out there that want him dead or captured or beaten up in some way, shape or form. And also knowing that he has done that to Mm -hmm. countless other people. Like every time he went home, I was so stressed out, (laughs) so stressed out because like that's supposed to be the safe place. And all I could think of when he would go back home is like, I mean, I guess technically it's a safe place, but the world around you is chaos all the time. I don't know. It's just too much. It was too much for me. Yeah. Um, as someone with, with Italian blood, there are certain elements that were like relatable. And like, I look forward to those like large family gatherings again. And, Oh, this is so-and-so, so-and-so. And everybody knows each other's names and they all sound the same and rhyme the same and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, okay. A little bit, but then, yeah, there's just, all the violence and this, the stabbings and the, the whackings and the killings. And uh, there's quite a bit of blood uh, throughout this movie. So if you're worried about blood, uh, be careful there. Um, yeah, like it reminded me just, yeah, being not like cut out for stuff like that. It, it reminded me like being a kid and watching certain movies where there was like, ew, gross kissing scenes or things like that, or, you know, somebody getting naked in Titanic and whatnot at 10 years old and having to like turn away in the theater because, ooh, gross, what's happening here? Like as a grown ass adult in my 30s, I'm like turning away from this movie going like, ooh, gross. I can't watch some of this violence is a little too much for me. And like even some of the domestic stuff was like, oh man, this is right here on screen. Like am I, this is, it was just a lot. And I don't think I've ever looked away from a movie so much since I've been like eight. (laughs) So that was a little surprising and definitely made me not, you know, anywhere near cut out for anything like that. It's funny you say too much because I I watched this movie with my wife and uh, one of her favorite things when it's like basically anything that she's like, I don't like this. She'll just be like, it's too much. And she said too much so many times during this movie. (laughs) 
so many times. And I got to tell you guys, every time she said it, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> she wasn't wrong. Right. No exaggerating on too much on this movie. That's for no. sure. Okay. When Ray Liotta's wife is on top of him with the gun, when he wakes up, here's a question. What is something like something goofy that, <laughs> that you would do that would make your fiance or wife do that to you? Oh my God. Oh, like Wait, what is the thing that makes them the put- most like irate with you that would make you do that? <laughs> so you're saying what would make them so mad that they would want to, that you would wake up and they would have be on top of you with a gun. Yeah. I'll go first. Yeah, please. <laughs> I will go first. <laughs> this is something you need a little bit of prep for. No. <laughs> right. Because I feel like our answers could also get us in that situation, depending on what it is. <laughs> all I think, all I could think about was whenever I will like, <laughs> whenever I say to Javon something about like her parenting. Oh, like, but I don't mean it in a bad oh. way. I'm just like, well, you should change his diaper, then he'll stop crying. <laughs> she gives me these looks. And I thought in that scene, I'm like, you know what? If I just like said the wrong things, like she, all right, there's another thing she does. She puts Sersha like on the counter, like Sersha just sits on the counter, right? Mm-hmm. And I hate it. I can't stand it. I always think she's going to get hurt. And whenever I say something about it, Siobhan's like, why do you think I'm a bad parent? Oh. And then she looks at me and I'm like, I didn't say you're a bad parent. But when she's on top of him with a gun, I think about like, yeah, if I say that one too many times. That's might be you, over for yeah, me. I might yeah. wake up to a gun in my face. <laughs> I'm I'm actively right now asking my wife this question. So I hope I have an answer for you. Dan, go ahead. Oh, we're going to get a real a real authentic answer. That's tremendous. This is a this is a tough one. Um right now, especially all things being considered great uh wedding planning, nothing, nothing at all. Um yeah, I think if I made a suggestion that cuz she's paying for the majority of this wedding i think if i made a suggestion about like you know we should you should really spend more here or like you know making it seem like she's being cheap regarding some decision of the wedding which she's not uh believe me uh that certainly would uh or if for some reason i drank all the craft beer or gave it away that we own i'd absolutely wake up with a gun to my face there's no questioning that one of all the 200 (laughs) bottles and cans that we're probably down to if those were just gone, I gave them away, drank them all, took them to the, ba- the bachelor party. Sorry. No. Yeah. Gun in the face. That's it. <laughs> Do you have one, Chris? I don't have an answer. I Oh, <laughs> I, I said, to, I asked Katie and she was like, if you take my food. And I was like, I don't think you're understanding the question. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just said, I explained the situation that you mapped out, TD. And she said, I don't know. You'd have to really screw up. I mean, I don't know. And then I told her that you said when you comment on Siobhan's parenting and she goes, (laughs) (laughs) so maybe that, that one might might light a fire. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. The parenting one. That's when I get the looks and I'm like, scared, (laughs) terrified. (laughs) What if you, what if you, what if you said to her that none of what this may probably already be fact based on your employment, none of your children can root for or attend the University of Wisconsin. 
if I said that to her, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a problem. <laughs> um, you know, it's you a might good get one. the pistol like, whip. Pit, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe not a gunshot, but maybe right. some type of physicality. Um, Pitt plays Wisconsin in like five years. So I bet you if Pitt beat Wisconsin and then I really rubbed it in, that might, that might do it. She is a, she is a, a, a staunch go. Wisconsin yeah. fan. <laughs> well, boys in this movie, we had another surprise cameo from a legend, Carl Winslow in heart and die hard. This one, Samuel Jackson. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Out of nowhere. Like I, out of nowhere, they're in that bar and they pan past Samuel Jackson talking. I was like, is that Samuel Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> and then for again, you know, he ends up getting, you know, shot in a too much kind of way. Didn't need mm-hmm. that too much. But uh, but yeah, Samuel Jackson. Tell you, that's the guy whose career I want. He's in everything. <laughs> he is in Literally. everything. And it's so funny because you like just said that recently. Right. And then he popped up in another movie that none of us knew he was in. Dude. Um, yeah, all they said was like, hey, you want to make some coffee? And then he's dead. Any final thoughts on Goodfellas, guys? I loved it. I mean, I thought it was a phenomenal movie. It, it reminded me of The Departed and that it was like kind of one of those mob type of movies that I was fully into from start to finish. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I, I did, uh, even through the, some of the too much moments, you know. I don't know if or when I'll ever watch it again, just because like it's long. Like how long is too long for a movie? This was about borderline for me, but it was such a good movie where, like we mentioned earlier, the time really wasn't more of a concern. It was more of like mapping out two and a half hours in a day versus like sitting down and watching it for two and a half hours. But yeah, this one, this, this blows Die Hard out of the water, you know, in terms of the movies we haven't seen. Oh, yeah, this one was much more enjoyable and yeah, kept my eyes on the screen, you know, much more attentively in this one. Yeah, the same thing for me. And I'll never forget when Joe Pesci is at his mom's house and he says, Mom, I'm going to borrow this knife. <laughs> it's a great scene. <laughs> I'm honestly, could you imagine going to your parents' house for dinner? You go to your parents' house for dinner a lot, both of you do. And like, could you imagine saying to your mom, I'm going to borrow this knife. <laughs> no. no. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe there's a situation where I'd need a knife and my parents would look at me weird and make a comment about it. Joe Pesci's mom's probably the stupidest person in that movie because at one point there was a dead body in a car outside of her house and she's like, oh, I want some dinner. It's 2 a.m. This is normal. Food? Yeah. Like, that was ridiculous. She was yeah. the worst character in the movie. She had about <laughs> three minutes and 30 seconds of screen time and uh, she blew it. She's just like, just bring it back clean. Just make sure it's clean. I will make sure you bring it back. <laughs> Amazing. I want you both to do that. The next time you eat with your parents. The your biggest parents knife. House, I just the want biggest you to, knife. The biggest when knife. When your mom grabs the biggest knife to cut cake or pie or something like that. I, I want you to be like, hey, mom, can I, I'm going to borrow this knife. Yeah. We'll try that out. I just need we'll it for a few out. hours. I'll bring it back. Yeah. We'll try that out. <laughs> Literally the best thing in the world. Because I just want to be somewhere where somebody says that. And just I'm like, you're going to do, you're going to do what? You're going to borrow what? Yes, we'll do it. <laughs> well, Goodfellas, well, guys, let us know what you think of Goodfellas. If you think what we said about Goodfellas is right or wrong and give us some ideas of what we should do next. I don't know what we're going to do next. What are we? Yeah, yeah I can't we wait. need another movie. 
we unfortunately have a rather long list, I think. So, yes. <laughs> but we'll have to we'll have to narrow in on one. Uh, can we uh, under two hours? This next, <laughs> just the next one at least. <laughs> really short. We're doing a short film, Oscar-winning short films right. from now on. That's what we're doing. All right. Well, let's get into uh, some topics real quick uh, before we get out of here today. Uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple for adults on the CW. Guys, your thoughts, your feelings on Legends coming back for us? <laughs> um, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm super excited for this. I guess there was an attempt at this reboot, what, last year through another streaming service, which ended up fizzling out anyways. But yeah, this is on the one and the only CW. Uh, they're calling for casting for it right now. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, so this is Legends of the Hidden Temple for adults. It'll be same type of thing. There's uh, same team names. They've said that they'll, they'll have the same team names. It's not taking place in a studio. This is in a man-made jungle area as well but they'll have more physical and difficult challenges but Omex supposed to be there my man the og host kirk kirk fogg better be there get on that contract get that done or i ain't watching but uh yeah super super intrigued and i hope they don't like overdo it like that show was just great as it was don't try to over fantasize this thing and make it like survivor and make it real serious like we all loved and enjoyed that show growing up. So don't take the, the heart out of it away from us. But yeah, this is this is exciting. I'm down. I'm confused. What channel is oh it's gonna be on CW. Right, 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 right. Okay. Um I so here's what I'm worried about is that this more resembles like that wipeout show that's on TBS right now or um like a ninja warrior american ninja warrior like i'm worried because they said it's not going to be in the studio and they're going to do it in this like other jungle i'm worried it's just going to be an obstacle course that looks like a jungle but is really just like all those other shows i'm with you because when i see this that's what i when i read about it i was like that's what i think it's going to be i think it's going to be like wipeout but yeah interesting i never thought of that but you're right because yeah. i was just saying don't make it too serious but like that's taking it the other direction that i wouldn't want it to go either where it becomes like a wipeout show you're right mm. and those shows guys- are like i would imagine super cheap to produce and that's why they do them because like people sign up for free to be part of it and then they get free content i don't like that yeah yeah it's like because wipeout they're paying the host more than they're paying anybody it's like yeah John Cena, yeah, of course. <laughs> seriously. And then, um, but with that, I don't, I don't know. Have you seen The Floor is Lava on Netflix? Have you watched that? No. I, I've okay. seen clips of it. Yeah, I know it's, it was very popular. Watch The Floor is Lava and maybe it's going to be like that, which the show's kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Not saying fully entertaining, but kind of entertaining. And it's yeah, with adults this, and like, yeah. This has some of the original producers uh, and creators of the show, which is encouraging. A lot of those original people were, were listed when they announced this, that they're going to be a part of it. So that gives me hope that it's not going to be complete debauchery and made a fool out of itself. I would hope that those people wouldn't let it happen, but we are dealing with the CW budget, so <laughs> you never know. <laughs> this is... I have some breaking news for the brunch breakdown. 
Yes. Oh. This may totally derail this this episode. Wow. Dan and I were actually talking about this before we started recording that Ohio was going to make some announcement about COVID regulations and stuff like that. Yeah. Apparently Ohio just announced it's using its federal COVID-19 relief dollars to conduct a $1 million lottery drawing for those who have received the vaccine. Oh, come on. You can't be serious. Now I sent to you guys earlier in the day, we need to talk about like all these states are doing giveaways and stuff like that. Right. What you should actually be doing. That was going to be a topic. And I think that now it's no longer a topic. That's it. That's the one. That's unbelievable. I mean, a that's million way dollar better than Greens. <laughs> yeah. It's better than a free Holy beer. cow. That's insane. That's unbelievable. What? That's the one to beat. What? That's the uh, one to beat. That's the best incentive. Like, hey, we want you to get the vaccine. We want this to be over. So you could win a million dollars. Is nobody Genius. getting vaccinated in Ohio? Is Genius. it like desperate times over Apparently there? Apparently not. No. Yeah. My yeah. sister said, my sister said there, you can wa- like walk in anywhere that they're just trying to, yeah. some of the, especially in some of the rural counties that, you know, they have to maybe drive a little further, but it's less, less convenient, but it's there for them, but they're just not, not doing it. Yeah. I think like a lot of these States are trying to get to 70% vaccination because I guess that's like the threshold yeah. of when it gets safer. And so now they're trying to like pull out all the stops that that's unbelievable. Wow. What breaking news. Wow. <laughs> you can a buy a house dollars. in Ohio real quick. <laughs> well, Chris, you, that's where you got your vaccination. So like, are you in? I don't know. I got to find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the card to prove it somewhere. That's unbelievable. Hold on. Hold on to that thing. <laughs> well, Dan, let's uh let's get into brunch core, man. What let's do it. We've got one item on brunch core today and let me tell you boys, this is one of the most exciting items that we've ever had in brunch court. That's why it gets its own segment here today. It kind of combines some items that we've talked about over the past couple of weeks. We talked about Powerade, freeze pops. We talked about some different seltzers. Uh, there's harder, what uh, harder seltzers that they're coming out with. Um, White Claw is doing like a more intense version of White Claw, but this gentleman might be the one that just breaks the bank altogether. Truly has announced that they will be releasing this summer. Truly, freeze pops, an eighty calorie freeze pop. That's right. Truly freeze pops available in three flavors, strawberry lemonade, mango lemonade, and original lemonade comes in a variety pack, 12 in a pack. Uh, this might be the most dangerous alcoholic invention since the seltzer period. Uh, this is crazy. These are coming out in, uh, expect to be out the end of June and be out all summer long. Now, if you're not uh, watching, uh, you can see the headline on what Chris has pulled up here, only available in certain states. I'm going to list off those states for you. There's only a certain number of states that these will be available. They are. So listen closely. California, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Minnesota, Missouri, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, 
Tennessee, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Virginia, and the final state. You're still waiting for your state to be called. It's New York. The final state is New York. <laughs> so uh, it's quite a number there, but it's not even half of the country are going to have access to these truly freeze pops. Gentlemen, reaction. Love it. Uh only problem is you got to make sure they don't stay in the same freezer as the regular freeze pops. So you don't have an accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, I hate living in the state of Pennsylvania for so many reasons. This is another one. Um, I don't see how this is bad. <laughs> it can't be. It's not. And you're right, Chris. I knew. When I saw the headline that it was only available in certain states, I knew sure as hell Pennsylvania would not be on the list. Right. I knew that. So I looked at surrounding areas. I saw Ohio. Uh, I saw that was encouraging. I know you're going to Wisconsin and will be you know, potentially in the summer months. So you may have uh, ability to have access there. And like, these are things where, yeah, they're like frozen, but like if they become unfrozen, it's fine. You just freeze them again. It's liquid. Um, so those surrounding states, nice to get Maryland in there, but uh, Didi stock up this could, I mean, this could make summer, this summer oh. ridiculous. I'm not a big seltzer guy, but I would smash these things. Let me tell you <laughs> that. No, this is genius. Like, I don't even, I can't believe that they're allowed to do this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I think it's incredible. I'm just shocked, but yeah, I am all in favor for this. And if you're not in favor of this, you hate fun <laughs> dude to that point like how, how you're like i didn't even know you're allowed to do this i remember vividly in like those first few post-college years getting alcohol and like going to a gas station and getting a slushy and then like mixing them together and thinking that was the coolest thing and oh nobody else thinks of this i can't believe it and now like now I'm thinking, how, how did nobody, how has this not been a product before today? It's, it's so, it makes so much sense. It really, it really does. And like, I was even blown away the first time they have like, first it was like, it, you know, obviously there's frozen drinks, margaritas, whatever, um, already, but like frozen ciders were becoming popular over the past couple of years. And that was like amazing. And now they're even doing, I, uh, beer slushies, which depends on the beer does not work for every beer, but they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing. But this is how, yeah. How has this not been done before? Uh, shouts to truly because this puts them over the top for me because this is just so genius and you, you could probably slap any price on these bad boys and I'd pay for them and stock up for the whole summer. I want these all summer long. Yeah. And for truly, like, I feel like truly was always losing the battle with white claw because white claw kind of had more social, uh, proof than truly. And this, this may be a, a game changer for them. Yep. This is what we needed. were freeze pops, not a stronger seltzer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Truly making the right, the right move this summer to get back on top. This, is, this is it. Yeah. Not a harder, larger can of seltzer. So thank you. Truly. <laughs> Oh, well, boys, all right, let's get into, before we get out of here, let's go, what we're listening to this week. 
And uh, Dan, get us started. What are you listening to, man? Uh, gonna start things off this week with uh, Kenny Hoopla. Uh, came out with another track with Travis Barker. They've collabed a couple of times, and uh, they teamed up last year to give us Estella, which got really, really popular. But Kenny Hoopla's kind of got that that unique style that's becoming really, really dynamic and popular, and I, and I like a lot. And so. Teaming up with Travis Barker once again. Travis Barker is making some serious money right now, the people that he's teaming up with, honestly. Um, but these two guys team up again. Has that classic pop-punk sound. Uh, Chris, I know you'll recognize and, and love that, but with uh, Kenny Hoopla's delivery, uh, you know they, it blends so, so well together. How the styles kind of combine, you wouldn't even really recognize it. So even has a uh, Coachella shout-out lyric in it in the song. I don't even know if I named name the song. The song's called Hollywood Sucks. <laughs> Uh, so Hollywood sucks by Kenny Hoopla and Travis Barker. Fun one to get it started this week. Nice. Travis Barker is like trying his hardest to make punk, to make pop punk back yeah. again. He's, just he's like, getting in every, every genre, yeah. every scene, every, every artist he's trying. He's like, I will do a song with you. Let's bring it back. Oh, Chris, what are you listening to? Uh, so I'm going to pull uh, a DD from last week and just let you guys know that everything I put on the playlist this week is going to be DJ Khaled. <laughs> Are you really? <laughs> I'm going to try not to make too many repeats, but my first one is going to be a repeat um, because DD sent on the group text, the music video to let it go with Bieber 21 Savage. And first of all, if you haven't watched the music video, it's hilarious. Um, it's like on a golf cart a golf course throwback to like happy Gilmore references and stuff like that. Um, Bieber is apparently trying to bring, bring back uh, baggy jorts, which is great. I think this is a song of the summer candidate for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're keeping rather than putting it on the playlist, we're keeping it on the playlist this week. Let's I go golfing. <laughs> <laughs> we're millionaires. Video. Yeah. Happy Gilmore, Dougie Gilmore. It's all in there. It's amazing. Dude. When Great DJ references. Khaled like wrestles the alligator, rips off his shirt, oh, man. I, like I was like, this video can't get more ridiculous. Like honestly, I, this is we need, and maybe we should talk about this next week when we have more time. This is a DJ Khaled appreciation podcast, and I think we need to at some point talk about whether or not he's the greatest artist of our generation. I think we should talk about that. For another Ooh, test, spicy. That's a good tease. Spice. That's a good that. tease. Also, speaking of that video, real quick, like this is a video that should win the VMA award, and yes. the VMAs should still have a video category, and I know they do, but like this is what this award show was was originally for. The song's amazing. The song would win on its own, but like this is a video that should win awards for being such a great video, and I hope it gets some rec- you know acknowledgement of that at some point. Yeah, because the song is like, I don't know, two and a half minutes long. The right. video is like six minutes. Right. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Uh, all right. And speaking of uh, greatest artists of all time, Soldier Boy has a song <laughs> that is a huge hit right now in 2021. It is called She Make It Clap. It's gone huge off of like a viral dance off of it. But the song, it's two minutes and it's. If you like Soldier Boy, you're going to like this song. And it just feels like outside. There's a theme this week. All my songs feel like outside. 
And uh, this is the first one. She make it clap. Soldier Boy. Nice. Don't hate that theme at all. Don't hate that theme at all. We're coming up on Memorial oh, yeah. Day. Grilling season, start of summer, all that good stuff. Um, guys, next one I'm going to put on the playlist this week is maybe a little out of the box for any of us, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it anyways. I'm putting Coldplay on it. I'm putting Coldplay on the playlist. Higher power. Because uh, I dig it. I do. Uh, sometimes it's hit or miss with me with Coldplay. This is a hit. This is a big hit. Um, say what you want about Coldplay, uh, but they are one of the best groups to ever do it, period. There's just no arguing that. Uh, this song, if you don't like some of that slower Coldplay stuff, and I don't mean like Yellow and all that older stuff. I mean some of the newer stuff even that's been slower. Give this one a shot. Uh, it's got a little different taste to it. Some 80s kind of electro uh you know, vibe to it. Uh, it's more of a pop song. Um, expect to be part of an album eventually to come out with their ninth studio album, but give this one a shot. It's on the radio a lot right now. And I got to give it props higher power from Coldplay. I dig it. Okay. I didn't see that. Right. Coming. Yeah. I'm going to trust you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Dan, understand that if you break our trust, it's a bold move. It's a bold move. Cotton. You've already done that once. Hey, I should have. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. So. Even if this, yeah, even if this is a miss, I gave you like forty-five songs last week, and so I had to just <laughs> <laughs> go back to that one. <laughs> so listening to DJ Khaled's album this past week led me to listening to DJ Khaled's album from 2019, "Father of Assad," and that's where the rest of my music comes from. This week, I'm putting jealous on the playlist with Chris Brown, Little Wayne. That song nice. is just so damn good. Talk about songs of summer, songs wanting to feel outside, Dee. That one will get it going for you. So I didn't know that was going to be the theme this week, but that's going to fit in real well. Nice. Nice. All right. Uh, second one, and this is another song of the summer candidate. Uh, Girl from Rio by an artist named Anita. Holy crap. This song is so catchy. And so good. And after you see the video, and, and I mean this, after you see the video, you'll love the song even more. Uh, it, it is just a, the song just feels like what a song of the summer is supposed to feel like. Like the the beat is awesome. It's got a really cool sample in it that you'll notice. Like, and it's, and it, you'll just be singing the song over and over again when it plays. And it's just like, you're going to be playing it on repeat. Girl from Rio, Anita. Super good song. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, you you tweeted that out there and some people caught wind of it pretty. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I tweeted that out like hands caught on. I fell asleep. I woke up to like 2000 <laughs> mentions. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh last one for me, uh more my lane. So everybody will come back to normal <laughs> here. Uh, Joywave, uh one of my favorite uh, kind of alt rock bands uh released a new song called Every Window is a Mirror. Uh, I had a chance to see them open for Bastille a couple of years ago. You know, they've, they've been known if you, if you follow that alternative style of music at all, you've heard them before their songs like destruction and dangerous. Uh, it's a trip was another pretty popular one a, a few years ago. So this song is a uh, upbeat. It's kind of got catchy alternative beat to it. A lot of great guitar in this song. Um, it's going to be a part of their four track EP coming out in June 
And then again, part of a larger album uh, due out next year. But Every Window is a mirror, uh, a nice, catchy, kind of summery vibe song from the good fellas over at Joy Wave. Why do I know Joy Wave? I'm telling we, you, see, you've you've heard of one of those songs. That's not a band we played with before, is it? Oh, no. Oh man, that would be amazing. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Maybe I dreamt that. Um, higher, Nipsey Hussle, John Legend. That song's tremendous. Put it on the playlist. It's uh, if you didn't notice, it's by DJ Khaled. <laughs> it's my third one. <laughs> All right, and my uh, my last one is uh, Dan. I think you put this on the playlist a while back, but like, Dea, Bad Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song's really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just never got around to listening to that song. Like, or maybe I heard it like once when I was on the playlist, and like didn't really think much of it. But like, holy crap, that is a really good song. And I'm like, shouts to Dea. She's back in our lives because that song is. Something, man. I heard it so many times. I was in my car for like an extended period of time over the weekend. And I was like, man, this song is everywhere. Good. Yeah. Bad girl. Daya. Check it out. Yeah. It gets me more excited for, for new Daya down the road this year. That'll be exciting. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's what we are listening to. And this has been the brunch breakdown. This was fun. We got out of here in good timing too. We did. You I made like it through. It. You made it through with your voice. Uh oh. Not to celebrate too prematurely, but uh, we forgot to mention, you can find The Brunch Breakdown anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, every Thursday morning. That's ready for you audio, full video episodes every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, YouTube, Facebook, at Brunch Breakdown, everywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Triller, TikTok, see you there. Wow. I'm not eligible for the million dollar drawing. <laughs> I have to be an Ohio resident. This is awful. Bye, everybody. (laughs)